I love the chase and the hunt and I set the pace when I'm running. I always take what I want and I always give it 100. Don't need a bank, no, I'm funded. Play the game like it's nothing. I'm always thankful for something. Don't take for granted, stay humble. Now wake up! What's up, everybody, and welcome to The Comment Writers. We're here to talk about Common Rider Geats episodes 31 and 32. Wait, is that right? A double banger, as the people say. <laughs> I just completely lost the numbers in my head as I was saying them out loud. That is correct. Yes, a double header, a double banger. Um, certainly not because we couldn't record last week or anything. This was planned well in advance. We knew that this was going to work out perfectly, that we were able to combine these two episodes that are very, you know, continuation of a story. Nonetheless, get one common writing today only. <laughs> exactly. Two for one deal here at the comment writers and bringing you that amazing blue light special is me. One of your hosts. I am Josh Meek, the Uber geek joined as always by my good friend, Toby Tobes. What's up, Toby? Josh, do you think people even know what blue light specials are anymore? I don't, I don't think they do. I was thinking about them the other day. That's why I think it popped into my head. Uh, Someone had mentioned blue light specials online um, as one of those like nostalgic, like remember when you were a kid type things. And then I was thinking about how insane the concept is today. So so if you don't know, <laughs> a blue light special <laughs> was a Kmart thing and you'd be shopping in the store in Kmart and then you'd hear an announcement come over the speaker and it says like blue light special on whatever product in aisle four. And then everyone would rush to that aisle. There'd be like a special cart out in the middle of that aisle with a blue light on top that just has like that item that is like on sale at that moment. <laughs> so it's like a flash sale, but in person. <laughs> Woot.com. But for one hour and one hour only, or the hell it came out to. Yeah, yeah. Uh so like at the time it made sense and like it was like a it was a big culture thing. Everyone knew what a blue light special was and like it 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 fed over into the rest of the 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 culture where you it would just it was just a thing people would say right like oh it's a blue light special down at the blah 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 um, but I was thinking about it today and one shopping somewhere in person feels increasingly like a a, a bygone era <laughs> and two the fact that they could rely on people to care enough about any random old product that they're they're gonna try to sell at like a slight discount um, is amazing. We and I get remember these hangers out of here ASAP. <laughs> and I remember being in Kmart and actually going to see what the blue light special was. Like as I heard the announcement and stuff, like I remember it being a real thing. I don't remember actually catching the blue light special itself. I just knew where it was from. And then I was like, that seems like, like Kmart's are pretty much all but gone at this point. I think so. I, I was think pretty sure are. that like, yeah. I was, I'm pretty sure that there's the next generation has no idea. Yeah. I don't think they so do. This is a very American thing. <laughs> yeah super super american um yeah it, yeah if you don't even know what kmart is that's also reasonable kmart's like a walmart equivalent basically but like more more janky <laughs> 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 um my i used to love kmart though kmart was always great because specifically when a new console would come out like when the game boy advance came out for example everybody would be in front of like walmart lining up for it and no one would remember that Kmart exists and that they would also get Game Boy Advances. So then you would just be able to go go to Kmart with no line. and just You pick just up sashay your little ass over there and, oh, I'm here for the, the newest hotness, the Sega Advance. And then yeah, they, would, they yeah. would just say, oh, yeah, we know what you're talking about because they didn't know any better either. And <laughs> great times I, for all. 
<laughs> I bought multiple uh, new console launches at Kmart specifically for that because it was already such a joke that no one else was there doing it. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure when I bought my Game Boy Advance, there was maybe like one other person like waiting to get it, like as it was going on sale as the store opened. But if you drove by Walmart, it was like, again, like a line. Outside. The party. Yeah. Uh, so so Kmart always has a special place in my heart for that. There was a Kmart in my hometown growing up that closed like long before Kmart's even started closing. And um, that was always a weird place to buy, like, for some reason, used Sega Genesis games. I don't know why they had used copies of things, but they totally did. <laughs> it was very weird. Like, and I'm not sure if that was just like that Kmart decided to do it, or they were just like buying back people's Genesis games and like repackaging them. But they needed uh, money. It was really bizarre. Yeah, really wild. Well, it's like the repackaging thing. At one point, when I worked at Circuit City, which is a now defunct Best Buy, basically, uh, we had a shrink wrap machine in the back. Oh, nice! And, and it never like I used to always play with it because I thought it was fun to just like play with the basically it's like a fancy hair dryer if, if you're just doing like the handheld one. Yep. But it never really occurred to me that like. Anybody that has a shrink wrap thing, you can just like shrink wrap anything and make it like brand new. And it seems super shady to me when I really thought about it. <laughs> yeah, usually you can kind of still tell a little bit, right? Like, well, like it's it's a different like it's a different type of shrink wrap. Like it felt a little bit different. Yeah, but still, like, I mean, like you could I easily could have got away with something along those lines if I really wanted to. Yeah, if I was, you, in, if you I was in totally the mood, f- the thieve <laughs> can totally fool the layman. I definitely knew. Um, so in high school, you know, you the the like local GameStop <laughs> existed and you would have like the local teen that worked at the local GameStop. I definitely heard stories about people using like the GameStop's shrink wrap tool to like wrap games back up and wrap things back up and do illegal activities. Um, that and what was the other store? Oh, <laughs> we had a, a Sam Goody. Do you remember Sam Goody? <laughs> I, I know the name. It's like the same tier of. Best Buy Circuit City, those kinds oh, of stores. It kind of, but it's like it's worse. So it was like it's a CD store primarily, um, but it's like, like the wall or Fye. Yes, exactly. Yes, it is like it's. It was just like those, but it was like a standalone. Well, it was in a strip mall, but like um, I loved going there as a kid. Like it was where I bought a ton of stupid CDs as a kid. Um, and I had a friend that worked there and he was just, he was nefarious <laughs> and, and I, in, in a similar vein, he would get up to a lot of nonsense, um, including stealing from the store constantly, which just seems like a little bit of like, you know, you don't crap where you eat type thing, but I don't know. He was into it. <laughs> so he, he stole a bunch of stuff from the store that was then paying him money to, you know, ostensibly keep other people from stealing. <laughs> Raging against the machine. I guess so, by stealing one overpriced CD at a time. It's the way to do it. Hey, CDs back in the day were super expensive. I remember like the releases being like $20-some, which yeah. is like way more than they are now somehow. Yeah, and well, there too, like obviously the like like Walmart would have them cheaper, but Walmart never had like the shit that I wanted, right? Like, like or they, or they, or they had the edited versions, which was always the oh worst yeah, part. oh shit, you know with those. So like the Sam Goody was really the like the place to get it, but like, yeah, like you're saying, like it's twenty bucks. But Sam Goody would sometimes have the like the international version that had more songs on it, so it was even more expensive. But it was like, oh shit! Then I get this crazy one that has these like you know B sides that I've never heard before. That I, get up to, I get up to two bonus tracks for an extra seven dollars. <laughs> yeah, you're always doing that math. I remember. <laughs> you, you remember like uh, CD singles and stuff too, because those are always a pure um, a pure math thing of like, well. 
this costs five dollars but it has three songs on it i only really like one of them but you know three songs for five dollars isn't that bad <laughs> i remember getting every once in a while but like for no real reason like reflecting back it seems really stupid to buy one song on a piece of media because like, the, the cases were almost always thinner too yeah. So it's like the weird random cases and be like, oh, I guess I went this song. But like, I feel like singles were never like, it was never like, oh, this here's a single for a song that's all right, album's coming out in six months. It was like, hey, this album just came out. And if you just want to buy this one song, you can. Like, it wasn't yeah. like now where they, they, they hype the new release. It was, hey, just buy this one radio, one radio hit that we have versus the whole album if you want to. Yeah, it was the, they're trying to hit that same crowd that would like, buy a single song on iTunes right now uh, or no, not even now, like 10 years ago when, when buying music on iTunes was the thing. Um, yeah. So the people who are like, well, I'm not going to buy this whole album because I don't want to spend the $20, but I'll buy the, the one song or the, the couple songs that I've heard on the radio. Yeah. Which then like, yeah, that person's whole collection is just like, hang on, you're going to love this song. Let me pop out this CD and put a new one in that only has one song on it. <laughs> And then when we're ready to listen to the next song, I'll take that CD out. We'll put a new one in. It'll be great. We'll just constantly be changing CDs. What a, what a party. <laughs> Hilariously, it's why people give me shit about records because it's almost the same vibe of like, especially if it's like a seven inch or like a little yeah. one. It's like, okay, I'm going to get up, walk over, put this song on for two minutes, sit down, start to enjoy it, then have to get my ass back up and flip it over. And then there's all the fun. If it's a little bit crappier, there's like the static and the pops and everything and it's the whole vibe. I'm here <laughs> for the vibe. That's why I generally don't do like records when I'm working. Like if I just want to put some music on and then go do another activity, that's really not when I'm putting records on most of the time. But like that makes records really good for like, I'm actively listening. Like this is the activity that I'm doing. <laughs> um, Cause then it is, yeah, it's a bit more like, you know, I'm, I'm sitting down, I'm forcing myself to do this like singular activity. Like maybe I'm also like reading the back of the, of the jacket or something as, as I'm listening to this. It, it's funny back in the day, actually. So like record players now are like generally pretty high quality for the most part, but like for the most part, you just sort of like put the record on, put the needle where you want it and start, it starts playing. Records back in the day, they were like trying to solve that problem of like, yeah, it sucks. You have to get up so often <laughs> because my parents had a record player that was in that was out in like the 70s or something where you could like load up multiple records on it and it would drop them one at a time as it played through them. So like that's it was amazing. like, yeah, that, that's, you, that's you, you could tech. cue it up. Yeah. <laughs> it was just weird that like we lost that tech to time somehow. <laughs> It was like everyone decided, like, no, we're just gonna play one at a time again. Like we figured it out, but we're not gonna, we're not gonna bother with doing that anymore. I want like an automatic flipper. That's that's really all I could. That's all I would really need. It's just which like, was also it, a thing that used to be a thing for sure. Yeah, yeah. and now it's gone. Yeah, yeah. The the one the one that my parents had. Well, actually, my parents the one theirs was like built into the wall as well, which was crazy. Like, like the again, old, like the old school console TVs where like the, like this is your home entertainment center. It's made of wood and. Yep. Exactly. And- exactly that, except like embedded into their wall, which is the most unforward thinking thing in the world. Because for my entire life, that record player didn't work. They never fixed it. And the only thing that it was good for was putting your action figures on and letting them spin slowly <laughs> as, it, <laughs> as they went around and around in circles. But, but it's embedded in the wall. So it's still just a feature of the home, right? It's like, well, this is always here. People are going to walk by and say, what's this weird drawer do? Like, well, that's our record player that hasn't worked for 35 years. <laughs> you should have fixed uh, it. You really dropped the ball, I think. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, me as a, me as a three-year-old definitely uh, let that one down for sure. What a jerk. But we don't do that anymore. We don't, we don't embed things in walls as often. I feel like in the house, which is a real miss, you know? Well, I mean like everyone mounts their TVs on the wall now. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I know. And the big, and the big thing that was built in shelves too. Yeah. Which I, which I always find weird because I mean, in theory, like if it's a living room, it's always a living room. So it seems like it should be okay. But, not, but if I need to get mobile, you're not taking that with you. You're saying if, if you leave the house and you want to take those shelves with you? Or in general, you know, you want to redecorate and like rotate the room 90 degrees. Oh, yeah. To get the yeah. proper feng shui going for that time of the year. You are locking those. In. Yeah, those are those are there. You can always, I mean, like if you're putting a built in somewhere, like a bookcase, something somewhere, it's probably fine to always have have books there. Or like always have shelving there, no matter what the rest of your furniture alignment is. I guess so. It just seems silly. It does. Yeah. Free the shelf. We're starting a movement tonight. <laughs> Everyone go to Ikea, buy a shelf, let it go. <laughs> if it comes back to you, it was true love. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Toby, I'm going to click one more time on this freaking stupid webmail server that is that is dead. Yep, it's still dead. Okay, never mind. We don't know if we have any emails tonight because... Um, the webmail's dead. Webmail died. <laughs> <laughs> everyone thought the print would die first but turns out it's uh it was email this whole time <laughs> <laughs> so tell me let's jump right into our episodes then since let's we uh, do it. have no idea if anyone wants to contact us if we would probably have like 50 emails this week probably did we and have that, a lot that, to get catch up on yeah and now and now we have no, nothing to talk about now you know we, sorry guys you we know, took you a week have, off you have genius ideas and here we are no one knows yeah this is really it's a grand scheme to not um to not have Charlie give us any more ideas that are better than our own, I think is what it is. Either that or either that or I'll sneak in later and just delete all of his emails that have been there forever. And then maybe that's what it is. Maybe you I'll blocked me king. from the email account. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm just going to pretend like their server's down and um, Josh will never know. We'll delete all these emails before they come in. 4D chess. <laughs> all right. Toby, Common Rider Gates, episode 31 and 32. We are. Um, ostensibly here in the final round of the Giamato Grand Prix. So the, these two episodes put together are kind of the, the culmination of the Giamato Grand Prix. We get to see the, the final battle, I guess, and the end of the Giamato Grand Prix. We get to, get to actually see a winner. Um, so we're not going to recap the entire, you know, plot by plot of both the episodes, but in general, I guess we'll talk about what's happening here and then kind of hit some of the, the high points. So, the game this time around for the final round here is what Baroba describes as a heaven and hell game. So which is a fantastic name. <laughs> it certainly is. Yeah. Um, there's a giant goddess floating in the sky for no reason. And the, the city that they all live in, which I realized as I'm watching this, I don't actually know what city that is. Is it Tokyo? Are they just in Tokyo? I think they never said, I think it's supposed <laughs> to be like a fancy yeah, just... something or another where like, any town USA, <laughs> except any town Japan. Uh, well, the city itself is floating in the air. They the, they raise the city up, and a goddess appears. Giamato appear. They seem to start attacking people. However, circles appear on the ground that are different colors, and the people realize very quickly. All the citizens that when they're standing on the colored circles, the Giamato don't attack them. So they all get on circles. And then we find out that the goddess that's in the sky, this kind of crazy looking monster goddess. It's definitely like, it looked to me. It was like a, like a JRPG 
like final it was like boss. a summon yeah yeah <laughs> it, it definitely did for sure um because yeah it's like it looks slightly angelic but like way more demon yeah and like obviously towering over the entire city um it was a weird inclusion i felt like in the episode and i guess they needed like a face of the of the judgment that was happening but it seems it seemed to convolute things when we're talking about the real goddess which is the one that you know is a statue locked up somewhere (laughs) that wherever that room is and then we introduce another different unrelated goddess that's floating in the air it just felt like it was a bit of a hat on a hat type of a concept i didn't think we needed both of them but uh anywho the uh, the goddess is going to pass judgment basically pick a color every once in a while and that color square or that color circle will disappear the people on it will fall through the hole in the ground and essentially fall to hell they'll they'll turn into bubbles and they'll get floated up into the goddess is is what the game basically is I thought it was hilarious. It's basically like a Mario Party game that they're playing oh God, like, with like the highest of stakes, though. It truly is, yeah. And at one point, uh, like I like not realized, but like you kind of realize that like so everyone picks a color, and once you know how the game works, there's a lot of times where the the evil glass would be like the color is yellow, and there's like enough of a pause where if people would just jump off the yellow circle. Like, I think they all could have been safe, but there's that weird <laughs> reaction time of like, like Wally Coyote, like falling off the cliff when it looks down. Yeah. Like they just like, kind of pause and they're like, oh no. And then, then they just fall to quote, uh, quote unquote hell, AKA bubbles in the sky. Everyone acts as if you're like totally right. Everyone acts as if they took a beat and forgot what color they were standing on. And then, then you have the like, uh oh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then the bottom falls out. Yeah. <laughs> Of course, you know, we have our heroes being heroes, like Kawa saves his sister Sarah from falling, and then um, Ace saves somebody as well, like they're, they're, they're quickly in the mix, kind of keeping everything from happening. Um, Sarah also is kind of a hero throughout this, like she's protecting a little kid along the way. There's a really funny scene sort of between uh, rounds of the of the game, where all the like survivors so far are like huddled in the subway. <laughs> it's it's like a war scene or something and i was like well why didn't they just go home oh because it's all floating in the air i guess but then i was thinking like wait no they're in the air too because they're gonna have to they're gonna fall off so like why didn't they just go home i don't know why they had to huddle in the subway yeah if it's if it's the whole city of common riderville like <laughs> just go chill somewhere until noon tomorrow because they kept saying like the next round starts at noon yeah they so gave them an exact downtime. time yeah i just didn't understand why they had to hide but i loved that scene of like they're all in the subway and like candles are lit <laughs> kwa comes over he's like how are you, are you guys holding up okay <laughs> it was very much like war-torn city <laughs> which i get i get being scared of the Giamato. that's 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 legit but um yeah, it seemed pretty clear. No one was going to bother you again until until noon the next day. Uh, then things, you know, we start to correlate the, the game we're playing, of course, with, like I said, the actual goddess and Ace's goddess. So that's sort of the big overarching theme here is Ace finds out that his mom is the goddess. Uh, part of that happens with the confrontation with the producer, um ace basically goes to ask the producer like why was i born why do i have this power like tell me about myself 
the producer says, oh, yeah, your your uh, existence is a, is an anomaly. People from the future can't have children with people from the present day. Our, our anatomy is different, basically. Um, so he, it, so we, he's basically a wish baby, like Neon was, just a different yes. type of one. Yeah, because the, the producer goes like, there is one way it could happen. And then they don't actually explicitly say it, but like it's very clear Ace like realizes the one way is that he could be a wish baby and he puts it all together, basically, that his mom must be the goddess. Um, and then later Daichi shows up um, and kind of rubs it in his face a little bit <laughs> and confirms everything of like, yeah, it's your mom. She kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> It's like she, you know, so his explanation of the whole thing, which I don't think is true, but his explanation basically is your mom wanted a child. She couldn't have one. So she had these insane powers and she stole everyone else's happiness so that she could form you. And in doing so, like became the goddess. But like, that's really not what we saw in that vision. The vision was more her getting yelled at and then being forcefully turned into the goddess too. So I think Daichi's still lying, but um, that's what he told Ace was that your mom wanted you to exist and put her happiness over everyone else's. <laughs> so here we are. And so the other big takeaway of that conversation then is that, I mean, in theory, they could still be neon's uh, long lost love for her wish. But that means her and that weird kid cannot get together. That's true, <laughs> or or at least they 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 can't produce a child. <laughs> it's against the, it's against the uh, DGP bylaws. <laughs> very very true. We also didn't see him at all these two episodes, which was nice. I appreciated not seeing him around. We we didn't see him because we also didn't really see Neon. But um, you know, I'll I'll, t- I'll take my wins where I can get them. Yeah, they all they all basically dead at this point. But on the episode, <laughs> they're dead to me. Yeah. We find out that the the sort of, um, I guess, transaction that's taking place with the goddess is that the goddess converts happiness into the power to create worlds. So when people are turning into bubbles and going up into the goddess in the sky, that's sort of their happiness being taken away. And that's kind of what Daichi says. That's what Baroba explains, where people sacrifice their happiness to fuel the happiness of one. That's sort of the core of the desired Grand Prix is what we find out. And there's, and there's even a, a fancy little animated chart of like, <laughs> when happiness comes off this side of the scale, it has to go on the other side of the scale or else everything's unbalanced. Right. That is, that's, uh, that's what Kekera explains. Cause, cause uh, we even talked to him about it <laughs> and then, and the little frog guy basically confirms like, Oh yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. You know, you can't, there's only so much happiness in the world. <laughs> we got to have it someplace. <laughs> um, so, you know, Ace isn't super into that as a concept. Doesn't love the idea that his mom is involved <laughs> in, in the one, you know, forcing everyone's happiness away. He, you know, takes this pretty hard. But the one thing that I hated about these two episodes was for some stupid reason, Kawa blames Ace for all of this. <laughs> like, Kawa overhears Daichi explaining the whole concept of like Ace's mom and stuff. And then then Kawa confronts Ace about it and is like, My family was happy just being together and like you took it away. And he's he like gets all up at Ace's face and is yelling at him. And yeah, like, like, like and then like Ace was definitely having like I'll call it like a moment of weakness where like he was soaking in all of like the insanity that's going on around him. Yeah. And for how like cool K-Ball was about other things with 
vaguely with Neon and everything else. Like he pretty much took the asshole stance of like, my parents are dead because of you, even yeah. though Geats had no idea, like he was remotely part of this or where he came from, or it's not like he wished Kawa's parents out. Like his mom did it. Only can like really fault him for such things, but that's what pisses me off so much because what it was like last episode, maybe episode before last where Kawa was literally saying, Hey, all of your, all the circumstances of your birth and your, uh, your, your upbringing and your powers don't matter because you're, you're still ace. Like you're still yourself. Like it it's doesn't matter. It's not your fault, buddy. I don't exactly. care from the future or not. And now this freaking thing where it clearly isn't his fault and he has nothing to do with it. Kawa is like, I hate you. <laughs> I'm leaving. You're not going to see me the rest of the episode. Fuck you. <laughs> you're not gonna see on the rest of the episode because toby he dies <laughs> buffa and, and kwa do a little do a little fight fight and buffa pushes kwa down a hole and and kwa kwa turns into bubbles i thought it was hilarious because this is like the second or third time now like out of the the core group kwa is the dyingest or most resettingest <laughs> of all of them he really is yeah <laughs> he truly is that kind of leads us into um Kind of the the big showdown, I guess, in the second of these two episodes where we just have Buffa and we just have Ace left. And their their whole confrontation kind of spans the course of the episode. Um, I One of my favorite parts about these two episodes, I think, was the actual fight that Buffa and Ace have. Like, that felt insane. It's some of the best, I think, fight choreography that we've seen in the show so far it felt real <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the, the yeah the two of them finally getting to like unload on each other without like any repercussions or without any like oh we shouldn't be doing this type thing um was very cool like that felt earned by the time we got there uh so i really loved all of that the wrinkle that gets thrown in all this though is um the gardener archimedal <laughs> so he in one of the most horrific scenes that I've ever seen in a common writer feeds himself to a Giamato that happens at the end of episode 31. And we only see it in shadow reflected on the wall, but it is still pretty terrifying. <laughs> I thought it was cool. Cause like in the beginning of 31, he's like his, his final Giamato baby. He's like, mm, drink the f- special fertilizer. And he's just like injecting yeah. his own blood into him. Yep. And we find out that like all he ever wanted, like truly, like even in his little, his crazy little death scene here and everything else, like he just hates all of these people. Yeah. And he really, literally just wants his little plants to grow and be lead fruitful lives and everything else. Like, I, yeah, I thought they did a really good job with, they've done a good job with his arc. Like, cause he, he's been going along with like Baroba's stuff, but the whole time it's been him like, crying about the dead Giamato, right? Like he'll he'll like he'll let her have his Giamato to go do his game, but then the game will be over and he'll be like, "No, my babies, curse you." <laughs> yeah, like um, he, like he uh, this time specifically, he was like, "Even Rook's gone. What am I going to do? You're my last one." <laughs> yep. <laughs> so he he has this really cool transformation. He gets eaten. But then because he was eaten, the Giamato that ate him gets to turn into him, basically. Like they basically like assimilated him. Um and then like later down the road he like when they do the look at me, I'm a human too, like they did with the firefighter guy weeks and weeks ago. Yeah. Like he just talks like him now. Like he was yep. in one of the fights and just talks in this crazy voice and gets all excited and 
He's ready to fuck people up and which that actor is amazing. So yeah, the fact that that actor can like get in fights and use his insane voice now in fights is perfect. Like, yes, more of that, please. (laughs) I also love that he finally got to have his little confrontation with, 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 with Baroba as well. So like, you know, she was like, what are you doing? Like, why would you, why would you fight Buffa (laughs) kind of, and he gets to, he gets to be like I don't think Buff is my ally at all, and uh, you know you also kind of suck. <laughs> he got to he got to do her little eye thing back to her. Um, so and, yeah, and, he, and like and like the best part of that fight argument whatever is he calls Baroba an old hag, an old hag, yeah. And I just think it's hilarious because like she gets so shocked and offended, and then thinking about like should like their ages are obviously will float college age for them like technically in the show like they're supposed to be of that age even though they're not which is funny because like at that point for filming she was probably still 15 yeah and this like crazy old man screaming at her about being an old hag at 15 and like the (laughs) the duality of the actual scene just like cracked me up yeah that is that is pretty great they actually i think so one of our first confrontations with gene um they point out that she's like 400 and some years old (laughs) yeah that's true yeah yeah, it's, it's like rita back in the day yeah, so exactly. Thousands and thousands of years old. But yeah, that the the actual real life version of that did crack me up as well. Like you said, this like this crazy old man screaming at a fifteen year old about <laughs> being an old hag. <laughs> That's good stuff. Just the just the idea of like yeah, her a fifteen year old there with like with this crazy guy and with with Buffa just like sitting on this like dingy staircase is <laughs> just a funny scene in general when you think about it. It's like, what is happening here? it's kind of it's kind of funny buffas or not not buffas um baroba's kind of like change throughout like the whole giamato games like i feel like when the giamato games first started she was like a really scary villain and at this point she just is getting pushed around kind of by everyone like they 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 try to they try to frame it at the end of 32 that you know ace and the producer kind of taking each other out was her plan the whole time and like maybe it maybe it was maybe it wasn't but like along the way buffa just kind of did whatever he wanted and she didn't really stop him and then then the gardener also just did whatever he wanted and told her off and she didn't really stop him so it just kind of seems like she wasn't super in control of the whole situation the whole time well or we're gonna say that she's as smart as geats and did like the long con of like if I nudge them in the right direction and just kind of let things go, yeah, it'll work out the way I want to. And then it, it quote unquote did at the end. That's true. Yeah, it could be. It could be that for sure. Um, but yeah, as as I said, uh, the the ending here, of course, Buffa wins the the you know Buffa wins the the Grand Prix, the Giamato Grand Prix, because um, Ace kind of has a big confrontation with the producer. So Ace goes and. Um, Ace finally gets a hold of the vision driver uh, after his fight with Buffa, uh, which actually had a really cool moment. So uh, Buffa seems to have the upper hand. Ace like gets hit, dehensions, falls, falls down on the ground, but in doing so hides his gun and is able to like shoot Buffa at the last moment um, because, you know, he pulled a little Fox moment again, which is pretty cool. But in doing so, he gets a hold of the of the driver. He gets to to go meet the goddess, basically. So Ace finally gets to be face to face with his mom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is that um, basically what we're saying? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which was kind of a sweet scene. Like he obviously he like is crying, 
and he's he's saying like you know like what i i've looked for you for so long and and kind of he breaks down right um and then like kind of out of the shadows the producer shows up and he's like doing a slow clap like a true villain (laughs) (laughs) um ace at that point like asks like hey why is my mom silent like why doesn't she say anything the producer says it's because she became the goddess and then ace asks the big question of did she willingly become the goddess and the producer kind of sidesteps the question. He's like, oh, the, the reality of this world, it's how it's how she planned it. And then there's this like horrible sound that happens. It's like uh, um, uh, it's like the sound from Tenet or something like big, or, no, it's not. That's not Tenet. I'm thinking of uh, Inception. Inception. It's the sound yeah. from Inception. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and Ace describes the sound as the goddess crying. He thinks, of course, she's being exploited, which is like so, and the whole the whole wrap around to all that is completely like wacky to me because like he went from, OK, I finally found my mom to all of a sudden he has enough foresight to be like to like, his, his first question was, well, did she want to do this? I don't think she wanted to do this. Yeah. Like, why is she doing this? And that turned into the like the crazy siren thing. And he's like, my mom is crying. I know, I know this is her crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And maybe that's like grasping at straws and anything at this point. I, I think he, you know, obviously walked into that room, uh, knowing not to trust the producer and knowing not to trust the DGP in general, <laughs> um, which makes sense. So I think like the, did she willingly do this is like a perfectly good question probably from his standpoint of like, yeah, these people have been pulling shit on me for like literally like 2000 years. Um, <laughs> they probably pulled some shit on my mom too. <laughs> uh, but that led to the big fight, of course, between the the producer and ACE, which again was an insane fight. Um, the big culmination of this fight, basically they fall down one of the big holes and the they hell f- holes they, they yeah. fought in the hell hole <laughs> they fight in the hell hole like all kind of anti-gravity crazy stuff it's wild um and the big ending which this was insane again one of my favorite parts buffa shows up realizes that the two of them are fighting and he does this insane like zombie strike finish where his these like big fake zombie hands go through the ground grab one grabs ace one grabs the producer and literally drags them to hell <laughs> drags them down until they bubble away which was so badass <laughs> like i really really liked that part and like a great you know a great win for 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 him that like he finally came out on top he beat ace he beat the producer he's got everything and he's we both end- drivers he's ready to go <laughs> yeah and we end the episode with him in front of the goddess basically saying like grant my wish let's do this and then the world <laughs> starts to get rebuilt um i guess yeah it's it's important to note too that the wish that gets granted is specifically the the power to destroy common writers <laughs> so we see at the end that like a bunch of the Giamato pop back up like all the ones that got destroyed sort of along the way, which is interesting. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see who else sort of comes back to life um, in, in this, this version of the world, I guess. I feel like they're all going to come back. Like him, him word making that wish. He didn't think of the right way to word it. Yeah. Because there's like, going to be something right. Well, I mean, obviously to, to keep the show going. So the two options based off of the ending is a, all the people that got held 
get to just come back because he needs common riders to be able to defeat the common riders. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. It's like you can't have the power to defeat something that doesn't exist. So here they all are again. Yeah, yeah so there there was that, and then um, for the stupid heaven or, he- or heaven or hell game, uh, the only people that won was Sarah and the kid she was watching. So if Sarah's still around, even if the Giamoto come back, I feel like we're setting up for Sarah to become a common rider. I hope so. I think she deserves it. Because especially like wrapping around to the beginning of 31 uh her and kayla are talking about something and she's like where's neon neon's missing i miss her my whole life is ruined because neon's not putting stuff on tv anymore so like it seems like if she is in a state of dread right now it seems like the fix to that is to make her make her a common writer and then let her have her own new life world whatever you want to call it yeah i think that'd be cool she's she's been like more involved in the show than you would think a family member would be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and yeah, I think, I think like the like late game, someone becomes a common writer is like fairly common in the, the history of the show. So yeah, I hope, I hope she gets it. I hope she gets the, I hope she gets the driver and gets to become one for a little bit. And Neon, but, I forget how 30 went. So Neon didn't get, I know she lost or like she's morally defeated and walked away and sad, but technically she's still there then too, right? Yeah. Cause she didn't actually like, yeah, she, she got like defeated, but like morally, she was only morally defeated. Right. Cause, cause we end the episode with her going off to like find a new place to live basically. Yeah. So her and Sarah could team up and be common Should riders be- for the end of it to, yeah. to get her brother back and Geets back and all their bullshit. Oh my God, Sarah would die. <laughs> Sarah wouldn't be able to contain herself. <laughs> her favorite streamer needs her help. <laughs> exactly. I love that Sarah, like, again, like, just to remind everyone, has like had dinner and spent a whole wonderful evening <laughs> with Neon. Like, ostensibly, the they're friends at this point. <laughs> yeah, or like as close as you can be to someone who like, yeah. shows up in your life here and there. and. <laughs> I love she still is just like su- such a follower of her social media accounts. It's like hangs on every tweet or whatever. It's like, where is she? Like you, you probably have her phone number at this point. I would think, I don't know. At least, at least you, you had a moment where you could have asked for it and not been weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're friends with my brother. That's cool. Yeah. Cool. Let's we should hang out. Hang out. Sometime. Yeah. Uh, so Toby, how do you feel about, you know, this is the, the end of the Giamato Grand Prix. How do you feel about the Giamato Grand Prix arc of the show? I'm glad at least finished something now. And it's kind of cool. Like, obviously, we're, I would say this is the end of Act Two in the traditional sense of three act things. I'd say absolutely. Yeah. So at least we actually finished the game for once. There's an actual ending and a winner that, <laughs> True. that we got to see now. And, like, obviously, it's going to be cheesy, corny stuff to get everyone back in. And, like, obviously, the, or maybe not obviously, but most likely the heroes will prevail here. So like, it's a, a great downer to set up the end of it. It's basically like the Empire Strikes Back of the original oh Star Wars trilogy. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna <laughs> literally say it was the Empire of the yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you send everyone home unhappy. You go, wow, I can't wait for the end of this shit now. This is gonna be fucking crazy when it comes back around. And that's basically what it is. Like Geats is trapped in carbonite, and Luke's. In hell too, I guess. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, after watching 31, so the first of these two episodes, I was, I wasn't quite sure really like how I was feeling about the 
you know, this, this arc, the, the Jamato Grand Prix, like the, the games had been like a little hit or miss for me here and there. And I hadn't really, you know, I hadn't really felt a ton of like the character development that had happened. Like in some cases, like, you know, I wasn't a, a Kiyun fan, <laughs> for example. Um, but then 32 and like the way they wrapped it up, we got those two awesome fights. I love Buffa and sort of where he's at at the end of this game. I love, I love everything he got, he got to do. Um, the gardener. <laughs> I love everything that's going <laughs> on with him. He's great. Um, I think we ended in a really cool spot. I think overall, like you said, it's very, it's very empire. It's very like, Oh shit's bad for our heroes. What are we going to do? Um, and I think that's super cool. We've got like a lot of villains really set up at this point. We've got uh, obviously Baroba, the gardener who has his own, you know, weird nefarious uh, things that he wants to get done. Buffa obviously is a huge main villain. The producer, if he comes back at all, is a huge villain. If not, the DGP in general is like a major villain who has control over all this stuff. So there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of things working against sort of the main main writers. Um, if if any of them are even alive, obviously I you know they're 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 definitely going to come back. But um, yeah, it's it sets it up in a in a a darker spot than I, I guess I expected that it would be. But I'm I'm excited about <laughs> where it goes next for sure. Well, and like the other like final piece that was like kind of a throwaway scene, but was like important ish was um when neon's dad was talking to the producer and the producer was like yep just so you know when this dgp is over we're just leaving like we're not we're done now yeah. we're not and uh neon's dad was pissed because he was like that wasn't our original agreement uh there's whatever syndication rights they have going on here for this show so like the big fight was like the producer said like well if geats wins i guess it doesn't matter does it but like i think that would be the final tie like her dad wants to set something right and since she's still around, that works. And like, I don't know. I feel like it's going to end with like the DGP being some weird, happy, fun thing at the end or like some respected thing versus they said, like it's turned into like a trashy reality show, basically. Like it wasn't yeah. the initial, the initial plan for how it was supposed to work. So that that's, that tie is still there too, to like make her dad, the, uh, a hero of sorts to, to fix things and set things right yeah he the the fact that we're still getting those those types of scenes like you know neon's not really in play these episodes but we still get the sort of threatening scenes between the producer and and her dad like yeah either he's in my opinion either he's gonna like attempt to throw a wrench in them leaving the world here so they can't for some reason like he's gonna he's gonna be the reason that they get stuck here or he's going to end up being their downfall, like kind of behind the scenes somehow or something. So yeah, there there definitely is going to be some shenanigans for sure that come around. But as you said, we didn't, didn't touch on it, but the, the research, I guess that, that we find out that, that Gene did um, was kind of interesting where originally the DGP was not a life or death contest and, and they, they competed for, a coin just like ace has yeah um, the, the og winner the geats coin yep <laughs> but the uh after after the goddess was created uh the game started becoming for you know creating your own world and it became a life and death game and audiences ate that up basically the and that's audience why she, and that's why she cries because this is not this is not the dream she had when this all went to <laughs> shit in the beginning she didn't want to be uh, a trashy television that 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 makes everyone unhappy and kills people. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I think I think uh, cool stuff overall. You know, I I'm excited to see what the the final arc, which yeah, we're clearly we're heading into now, is. Um, again, like we say every time, it'll be interesting to see if they still try to keep the game conceit to it in some way, <laughs> or or now if this is just full on like buffa is darth vader going after going after the common writers so so we'll see yeah i feel like they can't do i'm sure they will do one more just so everyone the main trio can do their things but i feel like they at this point even though it's like the whole point of the show i feel like doing another like grand prix of any style is getting would be a little bit too much at this point yeah because like, like, doing ace... it a fourth time for no reason because yeah. they always just wipe their they, they never finish them the only one they actually finished was like, so the bad guys would win. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and we already have, have gotten to the point of like Ace being like, why am I even bothering fighting? Like I just, I just like die and get reborn anyway. So like, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, and we also sure. like, everyone is so against the DGP as a concept now um, with the whole happiness stuff. So yeah, it's, I feel like the, the sell will be hard <laughs> if they try to do another game. Like, I don't know why anyone would actually, want to compete at this point like the, i think the only way you can like maybe do one last one is you'd have to put all the bad people and the good people together and the, like it ha- would have to be like neon's dad versus the producer of like <laughs> neon's dad says okay this is my team this is your team if the good guys win we keep the world safe and nothing bad happens to anybody and if the bad guys win maybe we do something else and like they get to leave like they wanted to and everyone gets mind mind wiped and all that kind of bullshit. That could be cool. Yeah, that could be very cool. But that would have to be like the last way I could see a game working ish. But even then that's like that's still the kind of thing that we just saw with like the producer versus Baroba basically. It's just up another tier of power and control kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, crazy. Yeah, I love that the show still has me uh, very confused about where they're going to go and, and confused about how this is all going to wrap up. It continues to be uh, quite exciting. So that's going to do it for us for this week. Uh, talking about 31 and 32 of Geats. We'll be back next time for episode 33. Um, of course, if you want to check out all of our past episodes, you can do so. Um, search for the Comment Writers in your favorite podcast app, or just go to commentwritersucks.com where you can find a playlist of the video version of all of our past episodes, and you can just go crazy binging them there. You can also send us emails, cast at commentwritersucks.com. And of course, we have a Patreon as well. You can join our Patreon for uh, weekly additional content, um, lots of fun stuff and join our discord community at the same time uh for a measly a measly three dollars a month to get all that awesome stuff so uh links down in the description for all of those things and you can follow toby and i uh in the world of the internet when we aren't talking about Colin writer toby where can the people find you on twitter it's at life of tobes and on youtube it's tobes plays and for me, I am on uh, Twitter and Tumblr at Pretty Dece Josh in both places. And I'm just I'm just waiting for that blue sky invite. It'll, <laughs> it'll come any month now, I think. That's the that's the new hotness, apparently, Toby. You Josh is trying to cash out of the world. <laughs> trying to cash out of Twitter. Been been trying to cash out of Twitter for a year now. Uh, but but here we are. <laughs> I'm beating I'm getting dragged to hell just like just like Ace. You picked the wrong color circle, buddy. <laughs> 
All right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you join us back to talk about the next episode of Geeks. Peace. I'm taking shots at the enemy. I'm going to make it to the top, leave a legacy. If I got something to say, you better let me speak. Turn it up a new degree, bitch, you ain't seen anything. I pop off with the new rock, electric.